And we are back for episode 24 of You Wouldn't Get It. And tweeted out yesterday that over the next couple weeks, we'd be having some great guests on. Today, we have a fantastic guest on. A legend, (laughs) you would say. Easton, you want to intro him? Absolutely. A legend in his own right around the Val Paradise. (laughs) So, yeah, we brought uh, both of our good friends, Zach Leone, on today. He works in the uh, financial industry, and given the nature of this episode, it's fitting that we bring him on and let him give his breakdown of of the world of stonks right now. So, Leo, <laughs> brief introduction, and then let's get rolling. Let's get into this. Let's do it. Yeah, so I guess I'll start off with a little disclaimer. Um, if I don't get everything right, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> for all of those that are truly in the stonk world. Uh, myself, I am a analyst on a digital banking team, and I primarily focus on um, the pricing and the analytics of our different products. So not necessarily in the stock world itself, but it was definitely uh, super interesting uh, with what transpired this past week, month, however you he want to break it down. He knows more than us. We'll put it that way. That's 100%. <laughs> He knows plenty more than us. So today, yeah, we're basically, just to start off this episode, we're going to have Leo take us through, and you kind of said like the last month, but the last week especially has been volatile, I guess you could say. So take us through that. Explain it to people like us who may be kind of stupid when it comes to the stock world. (laughs) Well, I, I, I mean, definitely not stupid, but I don't know if any of us here are experts, but yeah, sure. So I guess we can just get right into it. Um, I guess we can focus a little bit. GameStop, don't know if you've ever heard of it. Uh, A little bit of a of a background as of late, it's kind of a dying brand. Uh, you know, not, not as many people are going to the mall or going to storefronts anymore, especially with what's going on with COVID. Uh, but a lot of uh, the video game world has now turned completely digital. So you can purchase everything through your console and trading in games, even though that was always a little bit of a ripoff going back to when you could trade in your, your old PS2 yeah. games, get $1.39 <laughs> for them. Uh, you're gonna get me fired up leo (laughs) (laughs) but anyway gamestop's not the bad guy here uh so you know anyway what happened was it started out where i believe it was almost a year ago where a reddit user was pushing the narrative that gamestop is actually very undervalued from where it was at that time and i think the stock was trading at you know about a $15 $15 to $20 range. But now what happened recently was the Reddit forum for Wall Street bets kind of used this herd mentality uh, tactic that is so popular, I think, in today's society and just kind of pushed out all of the most shorted stocks on the market. Well, GameStop was shorted upwards of 140% of its outstanding uh, of its shares outstanding which i'm not even sure how that's possible yeah. um, but essentially uh, there was one large player and that's Melvin Capital who was really just shorting GameStop to essentially go to zero and they held really firm on this now uh, when you're a short and like a Melvin Capital and your losses are technically 
uh, limitless since there's no cap as to how valuable a company can get. So what this then created once the, uh, the Reddit users or your retail investor, as a lot of the networks are calling, um, calling them, uh, when they start buying that up, naturally the price of the stock is going to go up. Now, when you're short, uh, you have to cover that difference. So in order to limit your loss based on your bet that it would go to zero, let's say, you have to now cover. So if it starts ticking up, someone might buy in at, at that next level, and then you have to kind of cover the difference. But that's where your loss is as a short. But as you're buying, that stock price continues to rise because you're buying at volumes that um, your average retail investor may not even comprehend. Right. So Melvin Capital, just using them, just continuing with them as an example, uh, were really just the, the company or the hedge fund that got absolutely smoked by this whole thing. Uh, they ended up down uh, 53% just on GameStop and... Uh, you know, obviously there were tons of rumors swirling around that it was going to go bankrupt. Uh, but that's where uh, Citadel and Point72, which is uh, run by Steve Cohen of the Mets, not not a great couple weeks for the Mets just in general. <laughs> um, no, but that's, I tough. guess, a separate conversation. <laughs> um, but, you know, so this movement kind of had the backing of uh, one of the Winklevi twins, um, and Elon Musk just all over Twitter. And so now, you know, this is killing the overleveraged Melvin Capital, um, who is just standing firm on this belief that it's going to zero. So yeah. eventually Melvin gets out. Um, I think that uh, just in January alone, the shorts lost nearly 20 billion over that span. So that's a decent amount. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of it's just kind of fake money, I guess. Um, but uh, I think in that uh, Citadel Citadel uh, lost about three percent in January and one percent in their. Um, I think they they invested back a billion um, into Melvin Capital, and then point seventy two put in. I think it was about seven hundred and fifty million. So Melvin took on about two billion just to cover those losses. Yeah. Um, so that was that was kind of the main player uh, on the short side that really got posed by this short squeeze. Yeah, and if if I could jump in really quick, would you mind just kind of explaining because a lot of people don't know this when it comes to shorting stocks, it's typically coming out of one type of player. This isn't your average everyday person that's shorting stocks, right? And this mostly comes from the hedge fund side, correct? Yeah, so that's correct. And again, the volume at which these hedge funds are shorting stocks is uh, it's kind of just not really fathomable to the average the average retail investor, your average Robinhood investor. Um, so when these, you know, there's there's famous ones. I forgot the guy's name who famously says that Tesla's going to zero. Um, now, he literally couldn't be more wrong as of late, um, but it took him, I believe it was years to kind of just swallow that pride. And a lot of this comes, uh -huh. comes now, a lot, like pride comes in a lot too. Yep. You know, obviously you have your, your algorithms and 
and um, you know various things behind the scenes. But you know, a guy who says Tesla's going to zero at some point, you have to know that you're wrong. You know, there's oh they had no products. Well now they have products. Now they're meeting deliverables. Now, you know, I know they just had like a recent callback, but every car company has callbacks. Um, so. Yeah, there's there's that all over the market, and there's those types of hedge funds everywhere. And and again, you know, now they're out to be the bad guy now. But a lot of people said that, and a lot of people still do say that the shorts are, you can call them heroes, or you can call them the the balancing of the market, so nothing goes and runs completely wild, and uh, so and just gets like you know totally overvalued. Um, but that's, I guess each his own perspective and that's a fair uh fair statement you know when you're looking at it from the balancing perspective yeah it's just crazy to me how this sort of worked in a weird roundabout way to where you know you have these these investing groups and these people betting against certain companies and then on the other end these people come in in just huge masses from a kind of a quirky website like reddit and then bet against their bets to create this chaos. And you mentioned Robinhood being one of those. Robinhood's in its own uh, kind of shit show itself there. So if either you want to jump in and get on that. <laughs> well, sure, so, I, I'm going to say one ahead, quick thing. I just want clarification on. So when you're shorting up something, um, does that mean you're borrowing? Like you're technically shares that you don't have correct or something along those lines so that's a little bit more um like if you're buying on margin okay. so that's so like if i have five million dollars um what a great world that would be uh and and i'm buying on margin so that that means that you um as robin hood let's say so we can just kind of transition this right into to robin hood is allowing me with my five million not only buy five million dollars worth of shares, but six million. So it's essentially like a casino handing out a line of credit, almost. Um, which, and just going right into Robinhood, that caused a lot of issues um, because when you're allowing people to buy on margin, you know they have to put up the money if they lose it, right? So if if that stock goes to zero, I not only have to let's say give back or, you know, I've already given my $5 million, but they technically call it lent, you know, a million, just in super simple terms, I have to still get that money over to them, you know? So, so that's a dangerous game in and of itself. And when you're Robin hood, um, they have their own issues in this where, so they, they claim to be the, uh, their, I think they're actually, their mission statement is democratizing finance for all. And uh, their name is Robin Hood, which literally means take from the take from the rich, give to the poor. Um, that's or the at least the metaphor around it. That's you know yeah. the whole character in the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's a problem when I think it was uh, last week before Thursday uh, in pre-market hours they shut down the ability to trade a lot of these stocks so gamestop um amc i think it was blackberry nokia uh, and a bunch of different tickers that had this remarkable uh volume all of a sudden 
because of this uh, herd mentality Reddit push. Now, what happened behind the scenes is Robinhood as a company has to, has to before all this, these decisions happen, right? Because that decision in and of itself is going to have its own ramifications. So they have to worry about their VAR, their value at risk. So how much exposure does the company have based on what's going on in the market? Well, for them, it was a lot, right? So um, they have to not only stop all of this uh, trading on margin, uh, which TD Ameritrade did the same thing, by the way. They said you can um, you know, keep trading, but in reality, they what they did was they um, stopped the ability to trade on margin. So like if I had, I wanted to buy a thousand dollars worth of shares, I couldn't put up $800. I had to put up all thousand, which, you know, is fair. Um, and just a different type of establishment probably than Robin hood. Um, so, you know, they, they stop all of this. And one of the things that they, the main thing that Robin hood did was, and this obviously caused a, total, total uh, circus on social media is they allowed you to sell your stock, but you couldn't buy any more stock. So right there, I mean, if you're sitting there saying, well, how does a stock price go up? Well, it doesn't if nobody's yeah. buying it. So it's essentially, you know, call it what you want, but it sounds a lot like um, price manipulation. Uh, but, you know, now, so that, that obviously caused a total, total ruckus over social media. And again, Robinhood's not the only platform that did it. And it's not where all the traders are trading. But it was, a you know, for a company that, that truly sits there and um, pushes for the everyday investor, uh, you know, somebody who doesn't have hundreds and hundreds of thousands or thousands even of um dollars in their bank account to trade and, and it allows people to do something that maybe they weren't able to do before with their uh, free trading. So now they stop this, right? And that causes a bunch of commotion. And now the CEO has to say something because this is, it's obviously getting out of hand and people are going nuts. So Vlad, the CEO gets on, uh, it might've been CNBC was the first one uh, to have them on. And, and he says that uh, this was a hundred percent not a liquidity issue, and that there were no market makers involved in the decision. So those two are very important because people are obviously not sure about this whole oh market makers didn't have because that would essentially mean that did they collude with any hedge funds yeah. that had large large whatever it may be positions in different things. And they said, Hey, you know, put, put on the brakes, stop. So that's still being questioned. That's getting a lot of attention, but now the liquidity issue comes in because that means that they wouldn't be able to facilitate or, you know, pay out the trades or didn't have enough money in deposits. Uh, so he keeps saying, no, this is not a problem. Well, fast forward three or so days and they raised $3.4 billion. So that could mean different things. He, you know, he continues to state no, um, that there was no liquidity issue and that the halting of the trading was a clearinghouse decision. And it was in order to meet the uh, margin requirements of uh, the DTCC. 
Um, and again, that other market makers were not involved. So there's a lot of stuff going around with Robinhood and there's a lot of still unanswered questions there. Yeah. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they actually had to come to a settlement with the SEC over all of this, right? I think I was reading just the other day that it was somewhere in the ballpark of $65 million that they ended up. So this didn't just cause them like image damage. This fiscally costed them too, because they had to actually settle with the SEC who found that they were in violation of, you know, some of the laws that they put in place there, right? Yeah, so I don't know the specifics on the exact SEC, but that would make sense if there was violations. Like, obviously, there's going to be fines there. And I think another thing to take into consideration here is Robinhood was supposed to be IPOing. So this now is a massive reputation um, hindrance, I guess you can say. And now financially, where does the company stand? And from an investor standpoint, are they concerned? You know, why did this actually happen? You know, and then there are other people going on saying it's clearly a liquidity issue on the back end, which is fine. It's not great, but it's fine. But say that, you know, yeah. so now so now you have your CEO going on publicly denying it numerous times. Um, so that's that's obviously uh, an issue in of itself, I think. Right. But I think there's more to come with Robinhood and a lot of different of these, again, there's a lot of different players here that mm-hmm. are going to have to get fleshed out. Right. And I think that, you know, not smart on their part because people were obviously smart enough to figure out that how to kind of counter this, this short or these companies shorting other companies. And he goes on and says this, not understanding, you know, how fast and easily information can be spread today so you know people are going to figure out eventually what's going on behind the scenes here and it really didn't take people long to catch on to kind of what you spoke to there are they sort of catering to other players that have interest in their business so to me yes that's with them wanting to ipo and coming out and doing that to their image was probably not the best move by them I kind of agree with what you said. The best way to go about it was would to be just discuss it straight up front. You know, we have an issue with the liquidity. That's why we have to do this. So madness. Yeah, I mean, I you know, so I used to have a, a Robinhood account a while ago, and they started having problems. So I just switched over to uh, Fidelity, and because I loved actually Robinhood's platform, and the the app itself is incredibly easy to use. It's uh, it's a great way to follow you know your different stocks and it, it's it's just a very good user experience, and you know they send out their typical email post everything and it, it's just it's hard because you know you essentially took the power of these people out of you know it it didn't give these retail investors a chance to make their money to or or you know it, you took it out of their hands and. It's hard because these people, you know, I'm reading online and, and, you know, in the Twitter world and Reddit world, these people have had these remarkable gains. And then if they don't allow this stock to be traded and people aren't holding, well, the stock price is just going to go down. 
which not only could that let hedge hedge funds cover at lower, you know, if there's anyone still left in the short, I, I wasn't sure on that. But this now takes people's gains away that they would have had. And, you know, it's sad because there's there's some of these people that are trading some of these uh, these lower price stocks. Not, you know, not not everyone was trading GameStop at 300 a clip, 400 at one point. Um, but, you know, there's there were other ones that were a lot lower. Nokia was was I don't even think it was ten dollars. Um, there was a, another one, NAKD, which was Naked Brands, which was a couple dollars. So you yeah. can use what you have. And unfortunately, they kind of just took that out of out as even an option, which a lot of people as, you know, the, in, the investing for the, the common person doesn't really doesn't really work well. Yeah. And Barzi, I'm going to kind of throw you on the spot here, but when you go right. to <laughs> deal with it, when you go to the, uh, he's just trying the, to look good at this point. All right. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you go to the, the Reddit and your Twitters, how did you see all of this unfolding in terms of the power people have today to use different avenues through those social medias yeah. to like build something this massive? Like, you know, we're not talking about a couple people have the ability to do this. This was really kind of a mass movement. Um, and you talk about, you know, using hashtags. You're probably more familiar with Reddit than I am, but I know there's the threads that people can comment on. What did you kind of see transpire there with how people were getting this to work in their favor and, and build in numbers the way that they did? Hmm. Yeah, so this was actually really interesting because, like you said, this is something we've never seen before, especially once it started growing to all different social media platforms. And Leo, you talked about this idea of the herd mentality. And this isn't just this Wall Street subreddit. This is all of Reddit. This is all of the internet in general. So when this this kind of little, this spark was lit couple weeks back, even as far as a year ago, you have people that start going into this subreddit, which is basically at this point, up until now, it was basically a bunch of just super um, risky investors, I guess you could say, who would go big on something, lose, then go to this subreddit to, you know, show off their losses and kind of get the community to back them. Well, eventually it started building into this idea of, you know, having these stocks and saying, Hey, let's go in on this together. And eventually this one guy, I, I, I don't even know what his username was, but it started with this one guy who I think invested like super early on. And at one point in this, he got up to like 50 million, 60 million bucks made off of GameStop alone. So he was kind of the Messiah of this subreddit. So everyone kind of started following <laughs> him. And from there, they just, and it, it is, absurd because you never see anything like this not only has this subreddit grown about 8 million people in the week 90 98% of those people have no idea what they're talking about on stocks you go into this subreddit you it's like over and over AMC to the moon Blackberry to the moon GameStop <laughs> to the moon they have no idea what they're talking about um, and this completely, this creates this herd mentality because now the big thing on this, this subreddit is hold the line, everybody hold. But the reality is that it's down to like 70 bucks at this point and people are pretty much everything they gain because they just want to hold because they don't want to seem like the big loser here. But in reality, a lot of people over the last 
week or I guess a couple days have been seeing red and just a whole lot of red and well, it's a lot of money lost. And and that brings me to the point and I'm going to go to both of you here to draw on this Dogecoin. <laughs> I, I am so in the dark with Dogecoin. I get the concept of it. Call a dog a doge. But ha- Barzi, on the social media side, how was this built up? And Leo, if you do know, because it's very bizarre, how did this make the stock market boom that it did as just an obscure, weird idea? Um, well, I'm going to be honest. The first time I saw anything to Dogecoin was from a name drop here, a Ryan Wickman retweet. Unbelievable. Un- yeah. 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 Uh, and I was like, what the hell is this? And it, it, now it seems like it's actually gaining in value. I don't, so this, I'm in the dark on it. I don't understand. And the whole cryptocurrency thing to me is confusing, but it is now gaining value simply because this is, this is a big Twitter thing too. It is starting to get people, I guess, noticing it on Twitter on Reddit, and Reddit kind of sees this Dogecoin concept. It's this Wall Street bets forum, it doesn't like cryptocurrencies, so they kind of shy away from that. But Twitter is all over Dogecoin. And I don't even know what it is. I don't know anything about it, but it, it just shows the power that social media has well, in the world today. It's kind of the re-emergence of the hashtag, right? So the hashtag used to be used very much so for spreading information and getting people that wanted to talk about the same topics, discuss the, discuss the same things, all in on one page. And this is kind of what Dogecoin did, at least from what I saw on Twitter, is you have everyone using this hashtag and just common people getting thousands and thousands of retweets, favorites, and you know people were acting on it too. They were obviously also buying the stock, which is crazy, but... So, yeah, so it started out off as literally a joke. Um, so it, it's, it's a cryptocurrency and it was a joke when it was created. I have no idea how it's just created. I don't know much about the crypto world. Um, you know, maybe that's a, a Ryan, a, a Wick question there. Um, <laughs> shout out Wickman. Um, he seems to, he seems to, he seems to keep it alive himself on, on the Twitter world. He is uh, holding the line for sure. But, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I've seen it's, uh, it's back and forth. I think it's, uh, you know, four cents, five cents. It like, <laughs> may have gotten up to 10 cents at one point. But, I mean, imagine I, this is beyond penny stock. This is, you know, this is literally just penny stock, but in a cryptocurrency form, which, again, I am not well versed in and I have no idea what's going on. But I just saw that uh, seven hours ago, eight hours ago, uh, Elon Musk tweeted about it. So, yeah. you know, he's like, I don't know much, but I know Dogecoin. Yeah, and it's and it's like, what, you know, he's not invested in it, you know, no. at all. But he, you know, his, his this whole herd mentality, this whole um, social media, the power of it is borderline scary uh, because, yeah. uh, you know, you got to think about the reversal side. Can they short a stock? I don't know. Can these, you know, it, God forbid they, they learn or know what some of these other um, other trading, I guess, techniques are. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. Apple Apple going to zero? I hope not. <laughs> yeah. well, you know, it's like. And it's it's funny and it's you know a bit of a joke, but it's also serious at the same time in terms of people have gained and have lost on this. You know, you going back to the Dogecoin. If you got in on Dogecoin at one cent and were able to sell when it skyrocketed to ten. 
I mean, you just had yourself a great day off of right. a, a meaningless hashtag that blew up into a trending stock. So it, well, it's still serious to, on the same note. I mean, yeah, and to put in perspective, the GameStop GameStop's market cap was about two billion, I believe, when everything before everything started. It got up to twenty three billion. At one point, um, so and it, yeah, it's like up seventeen hundred percent at that time. Since then, the past week, it's fallen about seventy percent, and the shorts are starting to come in now a little bit more. So it's, but that's mind-boggling that they literally just did that. And uh, funny, I actually heard that the founder of Chewy or the old CEO of Chewy um, put in a ton of money into GameStop a, a few months back. So he made, I think, upwards of like $500 million or something crazy like that just from his shares that he owned. Right. Talk about believing something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this obviously this whole thing, like you said, it's a joke, it's funny, but it's crazy because these are real companies, companies that we all grew up with and mm-hmm. uh, are, are kind of becoming obsolete but are now being pushed by these uh, these different forms. And it's crazy what a week or a month does. Yeah. Well, it, it's interesting to me to see what the government will do, if anything, because I feel like they have to toe the line a little bit because, you know, if, if they far, if fall too far on one end with the, the hedge funds um, or Wall Street, whatever it is, then you're going to have a lot of public backlash. They side more on the public side. You may... You, I don't know. You may lose some trust from um, financial side. So it's interesting to me, Leo, do you have any insight on what you think the government will do moving forward or what the right thing is for them to do, if even getting involved at all? Yeah. So I definitely won't get into uh, what's right and what's wrong because I don't know. I don't (laughs) know. (laughs) I don't think enough has been answered. But so just to get a little more background, um, this is where another player comes in, Citadel. Uh, Ken Griffin, Chicago guy, Chicago company, um, one of the largest hedge funds, uh, I think, in the world, at least this country. And so they have, just call it two different sides to their company, where they have uh, Citadel Securities and they have the hedge fund itself. So the market maker um, of Citadel Securities is actually one of Robinhood's largest uh, revenue funds because it gets paid for the security side of Citadel to handle and fill its orders. And they have, I believe I saw upwards of 60% of Robinhood's orders. Um, Either way, I know it was a majority of them come or go through Citadel. Now, Citadel also makes money when a Robinhood trader makes a trade because it buys the order flow, as just mentioned, and then it matches that in the open market at a different price, which then you know creates value for them. And a lot of these, these uh, securities and market makers, these, um, these companies, they are built to thrive on uncertainty and high volume days which obviously there were. Um, I think last Wednesday there was a $29 billion traded, um, $29 billion worth of GameStop that 
exchanged hands. So it's safe to say that while I don't believe the numbers for the security side have come out, uh, you know, just to see what they did in January, it, they probably had a very good month just because all the different algos are created um, to thrive in this type of environment. So now you have that side where they're a market maker, they're making money off of it. Then you have the hedge fund side. And Ken Griffin, I believe, is over both of them. And now they had the investment into Melvin Capital, who obviously they took that loss. And I think that they posted, like I mentioned earlier, a 3% loss uh, for January and, and around 1% due to Melvin Capital. Now, how does that all tie back to the government? Well, Janet Yellen, who is the new Treasury Secretary, just recently received a waiver to lead the regulator meeting on the GameStop volatility. Big player in the GameStop volatility, Citadel. Well, she has also received upwards of $810,000 in speaking fees from Citadel, the latest being last fall. So, welcome this, to the government. <laughs> this, if you're sitting there listening, saying, "Well, wait, hold on," she's about to she's about to run the regulator meeting on a company, or a, you know, looking at a company that she has received close to a million dollars from. Yeah, that's correct. So I, I don't know how that is not considered a conflict of interest. Um, again, I'm not an expert on any of this, but from the normal person's perspective, this seems to be a little bit worrisome or yeah. now it's like, oh, of course, you know, it's one of those now, oh, great. So are they just going to get a slap on the wrist? Nothing happens uh, mm -hmm. to Ken or any of these types of people who, and again, we don't even know the manipulation level, if there was any, um, with Robinhood stopping the trading or uh, these other platforms. There's so much that we don't know, but don't worry because that meeting is being led by somebody who has gotten a million dollars from it. So I, yeah. it's hard, you know, and again, I don't know what's right on the government side. I don't know what's, what's mm. the, the right thing to do in general, but there's definitely a lot of gray going on here. Yeah. Well, and that's been, you know, that's been an issue for years, and I'm glad you brought that up because I actually didn't know that. But, you know, we see that time and time again when you get too much lobbyist influence on who's in your cabinet, your administration, what have you. There's a problem there when you have to come back to these issues and these people have, you know, done favors or like in this instance, speaking fees of almost a million dollars, which is absurd. There's clearly some influence there and like you said conflict of interest so just recruit, just recuse more... yourself right like yeah, you know you, you would exactly. think it's like just just recuse yourself step away from the issue uh, look she probably deserves all that money she's she's very very smart very intelligent um you know so she was the head of uh, i believe it was the fed and you know that's a she's a, a huge wealth of knowledge so i'm not saying she doesn't deserve that money but it's just hard even from like let's say my perspective if somebody gave me a million bucks i'd probably tend to lean their way a little more yeah 
just, you know, so. (laughs) Well, and you never know what, what went on behind the scenes as well. If there was a direct statement saying, if we, you know, need you to stick a foot in the door for us, that's where, that's where we'll have you come in. But a lot of fine print, wild stuff. Yeah. So that brings me to this. One of our, uh, first little, I guess, silly segments, you could call them, to end off the show. And I'll start it off to give you both some time to think. But I wanted to do a little segment where we look at some stocks that were heavily shorted in this last year. And if you could just, you can make one of them go viral. You could save them. What would it be? So I looked at a list of uh, the 18 most shorted stocks. I'm sure there are plenty of lists out there. This was the one I drew from. And I'm going with Macy's. So I'm going with Macy's. Obviously, it's dying a little bit, but it's a little, it's a good store for me, man. A lot of high school dances. That was the go-to. You pop into Macy's, <laughs> get, get fitted up for prom, and you're good to go. And it's it's sad for me to see him go. So if I could create a, a bit of a Twitter storm, I want to I want to give Macy's some love. You know, get the stock. Up. Well. Well, we all know Bars. He's got to got to be in on that because he's trying to get in Macy's. I mean, as a consumer, as a consumer, I would love to see a, a, a little Barzy action in, in a Macy's. Damn. Um, yeah. But you know, that's just me as a, as a oh, as a wow. random consumer. You're flat. You're flattering me, Leo. Uh, Tart. I almost there's... put I almost put gel in my hair because I knew you were going to be on camera. It's 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 oh. tough. It's tough. I mean, with the hair right now, we got some business in the front, but it's party in the back. We got the bad head going on, so it's it's whatever. Listen, listen, bed head's still in. It's in. It is in. Purpose. You're, you know, as much as you don't want to say you're on, you're on right now. You're always on. And hey, ride that wave, baby. And and Barzi should be in on the Macy's because I've seen some examples from the photo shoots, and he can hit you from (laughs) all ends. He's got. He can suit no, and tie you on the on the left yeah. corner of the store, and then you go to the back section where the underwear's at, and he's also there with some some shower what? dripping down on him. Hey, we well, always knew there was a party in the back. Always knew there was a party. Yeah, that, that was never <laughs> a question. Hey, and it's all this is you got to be versatile. You absolutely have to be versatile in this day and age. So because of that, because of that, and. I'm gonna I'm gonna loosely transition into mine, just kind of leave all that other talk, you know, in the past. <laughs> but, uh, so this is probably gonna get away from. So you were saying find like a meme stock or something that's probably struggling sure. at this yeah. point. Okay. So, I'm gonna say this. Lately, I've been so this this company called Instacart. You, you shop for people, you, mm. you get their groceries. You deliver the groceries. I I would invest in this. And I know this kind of goes against what you're saying. But I think Instacart, I don't even know if it's publicly traded right now. But if it were publicly traded, get in on that. Because with this whole COVID thing, the pandemic, everything that's going on, you're going to see it's going to have lasting effects. So you're going to see a lot more of not even just the, the Instacart, the services popping up, even like the AMC going back. AMC idea. AMC's dying because streaming is becoming so big. So getting invested in streaming or the Zoom call, like Zoom, because even just stuff like that. My brother's in the other room doing online learning, um, like high school classes. They're just not in. So I would say finding services that are going to be much more prominent in the future, moving on from this pandemic. So I'm going to stick to cart. 
for that yeah, answer. You're, you're plugging <laughs> Instacart. I'm plugging Instacart. I am. You want their <laughs> value up? to go up so that your pay gets better. That's exactly what's going on. <laughs> Other companies. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not going to lie about it. <laughs> they're actually supposed to IPO uh, kind of soon. So that's that's one where I don't know if it'll be a, a DoorDash type of thing where that thing flew astronomically. Uh-huh. Um it's tough. I always think like, hey, try and get a, at least a three month view on it, see what what happens with the stock. Again, I'm not not a stock expert, uh, but I it's it's hard when these things IPO and everyone hops in and it goes up, you know, three hundred percent on the first day, right. and you're just kind of sitting there saying like, oh, I missed out, but it's gonna probably come back to life, um, back to normal. Unfortunately, like we are seeing all these other companies do, um, but yeah. That's a good one, though. That's a good one, and that's actually, that's actually, uh, I've used it. I've used it. I've, I've in Chicago, I've used it um, because where my yeah, Marcy might have delivered great. your groceries. I probably uh, did. I would have invited him in. I would have invited him in. Are you kidding me? Um, but oh, some some uh, some lucky lady is gonna open the door to Barzy one day, <laughs> coming straight off a shoot oh, some man, good jeans. No, I- Come on, man. I'm masked up. I got my flat. I got three coats on nowadays. I got my hood up. I'm going about my business. You're never going to know it's me. Never. <laughs> Getting too big. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I have a meme stock or, or one of those that um, – I have one that I think is just it's completely different, but uh, it's, it's just called BSGM Biosig. Interesting stuff. They have a – a technology it's called pure ep and it looks at like the um inside let's just say you know it it focuses on an irregular heartbeat so right now Mm -hmm. monitors uh that doctors use there's it's a lot of different frequencies and it's not it's essentially like watching tv without hd and i'm not an investor just throwing that out there this is not a a pump but um it's just interesting and it's a it's a it's a cheaper stock and I think that it's it's ready to commercialize, and you know they've used they've been with Mayo Clinic for a long time now, and I think Mayo even owns some of the company. So it, it's just something to keep an eye out for, and I think that in the future, uh, when the sales really start to pick up and COVID times are over, I mean, might might not you know might not be a crazy bump, but four to yeah. eight, you know, that's 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 a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and that actually leads me to one of the questions I had. Either of you can jump in on this because I was a little confused by it. But when I was looking at that list of those those 18 companies that were getting heavily shorted this year, I believe it was seven of those companies were pharmaceutical companies, which to me was a little surprising. I don't know if that is because, you know, certain companies are starting to kind of monopolize markets a little bit, but would either of you want to jump in there and kind of, I, to me, that just didn't make sense as to why pharmaceuticals this past year are, you know, they're being bet on to dive a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pass this one over to Leo. Cause if I say something, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to make me look even stupider than I look right now. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so the only thing I could think of there, obviously I, I didn't look at the list, so I'm not sure wh- who's on there, but, the only thing I could think of possibly is 
with you don't know what's coming down the pike with like government regulations and different government um i don't know what the right word would be but just different actions throughout the government that may have an effect on let's just say the price they they are able to sell things at uh you know whether these monopolies will be able to continue to be monopolies because they are right they are yeah um you know a lot of these companies i won't name names just in case you know Twitter gets a hold of me and these stocks start going down, but uh, no, but uh, no, you know, and that's the only thing I could think of is, will there be some regulations around them being able to have X percent of the market right. or where that's my only thought that maybe could be the case. And and some of them were, it looked like very specific companies with, you know, very focused products, which to me, the one thing I thought of there is maybe you know, their, their patent time is coming up. Um, it could be something along those lines where, you know, maybe each year pharmaceuticals are heavily shorted stocks based on losing patents. And that could be something that I didn't know because I didn't look into shorting stocks until this year, but it was just interesting to me that that was kind of the scenario of the list being dominated by those companies where in our minds, a lot of times we see that as a very profitable industry. And, and so Weird yeah, stuff there, I mean, but powerhouses of the world for sure. Yeah, Especially yeah. as you see with the COVID times, uh, you know these same same couple companies are, are rolling out the um, are rolling out the the vaccines, the the different testing. Yeah, exactly. So if there's money to be had, it seems like Big Farm is going to find it. Yeah, uh, some way, shape, or form, whether it's through acquisition or through development on their own. But yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a, I, I don't know anything about the patents. That's a good point. And that's something that really never crossed my mind. Um, I would yeah. only just think of regulations coming through, but that's a good point. Right. And I right. guess it's something to keep an eye on, you know, maybe you get something cheap, you know, maybe yeah. you get Johnson and Johnson a little cheap, um, <laughs> you know, Pfizer, but yeah, just something to think about. Yeah. All, All right, right, bars, take it away. Yes. So for the final segment, I'm gonna, um, <laughs> I guess I'm gonna include a little bit of a do some here. I have five different stock tickers and I'm going to throw them out at you two. And I basically Oof. just want you to, yeah, I'm gonna, we're just going to test your knowledge, see what you got. I'm going to throw them out at you and we're going to see if you can get them. So for the first one, this is my contribution to the episode by the real way. quick. So this is, this is a, this is a collaborative effort here, right? Oh, I mean, it can't, collaborative or it can be a little one-on-one yeah but actually i like collaborative because some of them there's I like, like three that yeah because three of them you probably will get and there's a couple other that are tougher so first one amc not nah, <laughs> no, not doing that not giving you that. G-E. g-e-e no G-E. wait g- no g is just it just g-e. general electric general electric yeah it's their logo <laughs> no i know i i told you okay I okay you that i get that was that was right. a, right. a, no, no, no. get You're, it off the tee i'm trying type to test of, the room i'm trying to right. read the bloods room blood's flowing feeling good yeah yep all right uh okay second one this one's gonna be tough cake c-a-e cake a lot of different ways you could go with this. A lot of different oh, it's, ways. Um, I'm, I'm, could be wrong, but is that the Cheesecake Factory? Well, it is. It is. Yes. 
I'm not speaking from, you know, being a regular customer. Cookie dough cheesecake, phenomenal. Just throwing it out there if no one's had it. But, um, you know, that actually, that one, and you know what's a, it's a great one that I think you should just run, which I didn't even mention? Cracker Barrel. Didn't know Cracker Barrel had a oh, until, boy. like, the other day. Valpo, Valpo Baseball should own stock Alone. in Cracker Barrel. Right? I mean, we, we single-handedly can keep that place in business, so. Oh, I mean, yeah. Shout out, shout out, coach, shout out, Coach Mishler. Uh, you know, with with the, the food hookup that year, that was yes. that was the um, big time, big time move there for breakfast. I mean, Mama's pancakes. Pancake, it, you know, it doesn't get a lot it, better. Well, tough to beat. You you get red eyed. Wake up from sleeping eight hours on the bus. You can barely walk, and you just sit down to a nice establishment with a a homemade you know, grandma-style breakfast. It's wonderful. Well, and you can't forget, you can't sleep on the heated cinnamon apples. It's just to die for. It's it's absolutely to die for. It's like having dessert at breakfast. It's, you can't get it. So I'm going to decide, or I'm going to call an audible right here. I'm going to do two more because the segment's kind of stupid. But, you know, like I said, I just wanted to have a little bit of a contribution to the episode. Hey, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> um, anyway, okay, so this next one, Bud, B-U-D. I have two. Couple different directions this could go. I'm guessing either. Well, yeah, that's true. I'm guessing Budweiser or Bud Light would be my top two. But well, but Bud Light, Bud Light would 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 not be its own ticker. Um, <laughs> so I, oh, that's true. Bush, Bush latte, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Um, oh, as as much as as much as I think that would have a great investment in and of itself, uh, just everyone loves a little little Bud Light. Um, I don't know. That's a that's a good one. Budweiser uh, would have one though, right? Is there? Uh, wouldn't it be? Uh, isn't that Anheuser Busch? Ding yeah. ding ding! You got it. Oh, it is. <laughs> it is. It is. Um. Okay, we'll move right on to the next one. So is that three for three? Three for three. For yeah, three. I think so. All right, so this next one, boom, B O O M. I'd be shocked if you guys get this one. Boom. Yeah, we're going tough on it. I mean, boom. phenomenal, phenomenal name. Exactly. You gotta go with creative tickers. Yeah, you're not gonna mm. get this one. Is it? it give, right give me I, a. Uh, give us an like some. Give sort us an of industry. Hit. Yeah, give, us a, give, us, yeah, so, give us an industry. Yeah, so the boom has to do, I'll say this, the boom has to do with the industry it's a part of. So it, it I, I don't know. Hold on. Let me see if I can get better of, of a Are hint you saying right there. The saying boom has to do with it? Yes, the saying boom has to do with it. Like it, it's a play on the words of the of the stock, the in, industry. All right, so is it a gun industry? Is it the gun industry? It's not. <laughs> it's not the gun. I don't know. I'll give you I mean, one I'm gonna more guess. guess you here. Can say so. uh, Leo gets another guess because I know for a fact this guess is wrong. Just going to throw it out there. I'm going with, uh, and I'm not going to know the name of the company, but whoever produces red solo cups. Ooh. Boom, boom cup. <laughs> oh. Ooh. 
Well, I'm that's a good, I know it's wrong, but that, if that if, if they made that the, if that was their ticker, that would be outstanding. Well, if that was it, then we would have to start like a Valpo fund just for yes. all of us and invest heavily in Cracker Barrel and and just boom, <laughs> boom. And just and boom. boom. Just, that, I mean, that's um, an electric I, portfolio right there. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's it. Just those two. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a guess. I don't even yeah. have a guess. Um, uh, yeah, this. Uh, you guys weren't gonna get this one. This is DMC Global. It is an a metalworking industry, explosive fabricators. Um, just the whole explosive metalworking, perforation, all that's a lot of words. A lot of words. There are a lot of big words. Um, so three for four. I'll give you one more. And I'll end it on an easier one because I want you guys to go four for five here. But last one, KO. KO. And maybe this actually is a little bit of a harder one. <laughs> KO. It's, it's a company you know. It's a big company. I don't know if that's Kodak. I don't know if that's I don't I don't I don't think that's their thing. It's not. Okay. I'll tell you. Not. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we'll try to help you out here. Give us some industry. Okay, the end beverages. Oh. Beverages, huh? Yeah, beverages. K-O? K-O. Uh, man, I thought I was going to give you guys one. Wait, give us time. Give us time. So K-O. 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 And you think this was going to be a layup. I got to think simple here. For some reason, I, something in me thought it was going to be a layup. Oh, you know what? I think I know what it is. Don't tell me that you pulled out four loco. <laughs> Whoever the hell owns them. <laughs> no, it's not four loco. Who makes four loco? I don't, I don't, it's not four loco. It's four loco. Yeah, I have no. a dick. That, that would, that would also go in the back. That would also go in the Valpo fund. That would also go in the Valpo fund. Oh, oh man. man. That's right. That's at the top of the Valpo fund. In case fund you're there. curious, Fuse, Fusion with a PH, Fusion Projects, okay. is the company that produces Four Locos based out of Chicago, Illinois, actually. What do you know? What do you know? So that, okay, KO is Coca Cola. That's not really an easy one, but uh, I thought you'd know. Um, and we'll, we'll we'll bring it to an end there. Three out of five. Honestly, that's uh, that's about what I thought. You got you got that's, the uh, hey, you got the cheesecake factory one, which was tough. That's a great that that's tough. a great day at the great day at the plate. Three for five. Yeah. Hey, come on, come yeah. on. That's a. I mean, in the in the betting world, stock world, we go three for five depending on what yeah. we did with our money. That, we might be in the positive. Money. So. Yeah, you might be. All right. Um. That's, with that, that should be the episode. Easton, you want to bring us home, or you want me to do the honors? Take it away, Barzy. You're the model. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Um, Leo, we appreciate you coming on, man. It's always a pleasure. And, you know, for me personally, I got to just sit here and, you know, look at you talk, and I had nothing here. I had absolutely nothing to say, but you enlightened me. You enlightened me, and now I actually kind of feel like I know what I'm talking about, so I appreciate that. So, guys, we hope you enjoyed the episode, and we will see you back next week. Take it easy. Thanks, guys.